general idea of it. But just in case you don't remember, you could also look at the front of your bulletin. That would be a clue. Or I could tell it to you. We long to be a church that glorifies God by loving Christ, loving one another, and reaching the world. There it is. It's simple. It's plain. And it governs, as we seek to obey God's word, it governs how we seek to follow him. And we look into his word. And and this year, we get an invitation to do things a little differently. I've been your lead pastor for just over a year, and I have been blessed to see God at work in many of your lives. And so instead of you having to listen to me talk all the time about what I hope happens, uh, we're going to hear from some others about how God has been at work and how they see God at work through their circumstances as we move forward. Now, anytime you you look ahead, you you set some targets. And i got to be honest with you, we set some big targets and not all of them were hit. Uh, We haven't yet come to the place where we need a second service, and that's okay. We're going to enjoy the size we're at now, and we're not trying to be about numbers. However, I long for us to grow numerically for one reason, if it means we are multiplying, making disciples, because we're being obedient to his word. That is very important to me. Second, we set that target to double what we gave to missions this year. And I I regretfully say we didn't do that. We gave more, and we gave in some creatively different ways. But I believe that as we move forward, we can keep going in that. There are other areas where we can say, hey, we said we were going to do this, and it, it worked well. And we're going to keep moving forward. One of those was we identified that we wanted to start up a men's ministry that spurred men on toward love and good deeds, that sharpened one another. And we averaged 19 to 22 men every, every third Saturday of the month throughout the year. That's pretty exciting. And we're talking about doctrine. That's great. And within that, there are smaller groups that met consistently to begin. So as we move ahead this year, what do you think that means? So there's a whole half of the church that isn't represented if you're a woman. So we're coming for you, ladies. Not me, because I am not. But there are others that will seek to minister to that. But before we get into all of that, where do we start? And we start with a relationship with our God and with our King. We at Alliance International Church long to be a church that glorifies God in everything we do and say. And when we look at that, I've been really challenged with the truth of Romans 11, verses 33, all the way through the end of chapter 12. And so that's going to be kind of our overarching uh, uh, scripture for the morning. And I want to read most of that to you this morning. If you brought your Bibles, would you please open up to Romans chapter 11 and 12? If you didn't bring your Bibles, you're going to have to just listen carefully. uh, Because I didn't put all those verses on the screens. But I want you to listen carefully to the progression of logic. I love the Apostle Paul when he speaks because he does so very logically when he writes. And he starts here. Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counselor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay him? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. 
Amen. Now, often we stop there and we're like, wow, that made me feel good. It should. It reveals to us a little bit of the grandeur, the greatness, the holiness, the wonder of our God and our King who has a plan, who is sovereign. Sovereign, fancy way of saying, who is in control. But Paul didn't stop writing. So the next word you see is very critical. Therefore, okay, because of that, then do this. And so he goes on and he says, I urge you brothers in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. You've, you've heard me recite that verse quite often. Don't conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, don't think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. And then he goes on and he lists a few of the functions of the body of believers. And he gets down to verse 9, and he continues. And it's interesting that this is where he goes next. He says, Love must be sincere, hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with God's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. It's like Paul needed to take a breath. Bless and don't curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Don't be conceited. Don't repay evil anyone evil for evil. Be careful what is to, to do what is right in the eyes of everybody. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Don't take revenge, my friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written, it is mine to avenge, I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him a drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Okay, great. So I just read a lot of verses that seem like a series of thoughts. But when I think about glorifying God, one of the things we have to remember is we seek to glorify God in our worship. And often when I use the word worship, many people start by thinking about music. They start by thinking about what is done on a Sunday morning or at the worship service. But if you look at the progression of thought of the Apostle Paul in Romans chapters 11 and 12, it's interesting where this goes. And this is what I want to invite us to to start with this morning. You see, the Apostle Paul starts by looking right at God. i got to get through a few slides. I forgot to keep up. Here's our vision statement in case you missed it. And first thing 
before he even says, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, he gives a doxology. Because it seems like it's the end of a thought, but then Paul goes on. But he says, oh, the depth and the riches of God. He proclaims who God is, his greatness, his amazing Godness. When we talk about being a people that glorify God, it must always start there with him. Every time. Okay, and in response to who he is, we're then going to seek to do a few things. First, out of a response for the greatness of God, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as, living, as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. So Paul tells us that to worship God, we offer ourselves to him. Yes, that's exactly what he tells us. He says, give your lives for one who is greater and bigger than you, for one that deserves all of us in the first place. Well, how do you offer yourselves? Do you like do we cut ourselves and offer us a, a, a bloody sacrifice? Is that what he means? No. He means in every part of our lives, make sure that it is given to the Lord. And he doesn't stop there. He challenges us to renew our mind. Well, how does one renew our mind? How much time do we spend reading this? We might read Fifty Shades of Grey, the Twilight Trilogy, Game of Thrones, or any other wonderful fiction that's out there, but how much time do we spend in the Word of God? Letting the Holy Spirit renew us from the inside out, we talk about. And then he goes on, and he challenges us. He says, for just as each of you... Each of us has one body with many members, and these members don't have all the same function. So in Christ, through many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. And then he goes on to tell us that we're gifted, and that our gifts should be used to bring glory to God. Okay, so the progression starts with, it is all about God. It's not about Mike, it's not about the under-shepherds, it's not about the church and what song we just sang. Those are all wonderful. It's about him and his greatness and the fact that he deserves all of us. Then as we seek to say, okay, we're going to offer our bodies as living sacrifices, then the progression becomes how are we going to do that? Well, we're going to renew our minds. We're going to learn the word together. We're going to learn the word in the quietness of our own time. And we're going to ask and learn together. And then we're going to identify and look at the gifts God has given us and quit hoarding them for ourselves. He says, don't think of yourselves so highly. He warns us, don't think of yourself as better than others. Be careful of that. Instead, act like you belong to one another. I don't like that. You know why? Because I like things to be done my way. Any of you like that? Liars. Y'all are. We like things done our way. I got to the office this morning. The coffee maker didn't work. The copy machine didn't work. And my computer wouldn't come on. And I was mad at everybody else. Not because they did anything, but because, well, clearly it had to be somebody's fault. But instead, we just made adjustments and we moved on. I survived without coffee, theoretically. I got some later. And the copy machine was able to work a different way. And you adjust. But... We often get in that, oh, it's all about me, and oh, this is terrible. And we miss out on God. Instead, you use the gifts and abilities God has given you, and you say, how can I help? 
How can I consider you better than me? It doesn't matter whether it's true or not. Because in the eyes of God, we are both sinners saved by a holy God. No one is above one another. We wash the feet of one another. But instead, sometimes we get caught looking down on others. Or we get caught saying, I'm not going to use my gifts because I'm too busy. Because I don't like the way you do things at this church. Because I don't agree with this. Because I'm not qualified. And any one of those statements can keep us from true worship. You see what Paul has done? Worship is as much about ascribing glory to God through our actions of service as it is through singing a song, if not much more. And then he goes on and he says, don't just sing songs and offer your bodies as living sacrifices and renew your mind and use your gifts. He says, love each other sacrificially as Christ has first loved you. So I want to invite Justin Enns and Rosella Felomino to come up. I told you I wasn't going to talk a lot. You've now seen the foundation of where we're going as a church this year, and you've heard a little bit about our desire to worship in spirit and truth. And I'm going to have Justin and Rosella, you can come on up here. And I have been blessed to know each of them for most of the whole eight years I've been here. I'm going to hand that to you first. But as you know, one great thing is in about a month and a half, they're going to be Mr. and Mrs. Enns which is pretty exciting. But beyond that, I have seen God at work in their lives. So I asked them, can I ask you guys a couple of questions? And they said, no. Actually, Justin said, okay. And I said, can I ask Rosella? And Justin said, okay, for Rosella. And so that went really well. But Justin, we just talked about this idea of using your gifts. And you're kind of a shy person, aren't you? Yes. (laughs) Do I need to say more than that? But so what makes you get up and be willing to lead us in singing? If you haven't noticed, Justin is one of our worship leaders at the church. So what brought you to the point where that God gave you the confidence to do that? Um, well, it doesn't come naturally to me to be in front of people. Um, but God did give me a desire and a passion for serving in that way. And uh, I was held back because um, I'm not naturally outgoing. I... And I was afraid I can't do it perfectly. Um, so why even bother trying? Uh, but God has taught me. He's with me when I step out in faith um, to do things that are, well, in particular, to do things that are uncomfortable. Because then I'm stepping out in his power and not my own because I wouldn't do that naturally. Um, uh, I shouldn't fear man because he is the one guiding me and he, can, and he gives me what I need um, to, to serve him when he's called me to serve him. And uh, uh, I'm far from perfect. My, my gifting isn't perfect. Um, but God can still use me for his glory when I offer myself as a living sacrifice. Um, yeah, I, I, I just need willingness to follow him and step out when he, when he calls me to. Um, it's not in my power, but in his. Amen. Thanks, Justin. It was a big stretch to ask Justin uh, to come and be willing to share. But did you hear what he said? He will be intentional in using the abilities and gifts God has given him to bring in honor and glory to God. It wasn't ever about Justin. It's been amazing to see when he first started helping with the youth group. I I had an idea for something and I asked him if we could pull it off. And he took it and went a mile further. 
because of using the gifts to honor God in a fun way. So I, I want to hand the, the microphone over to Rosella if I can. And Rosella, I wanted to ask you, as you follow in this progression, we've seen that Justin has been willing to let God use his gifts. But as the two of you get ready for life together as a married couple, what do you think that might look like as you seek to honor God through using your gifts together in love for the world around us? Okay, um, it's a blessing that God has been using Justin and I for the in the worship ministry, and um, I believe God will be honored when we both continue to encourage um, one another in this ministry and others as well. Um, Romans twelve one says, "Never be la- be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord." And it's also true that we will face challenges and discouragement, discouragements in the ministry. But um, Romans 12, 12 also says, Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. So it's my prayer that um, as we uh, serve together, others will be drawn closer, closer to God. Amen. Thank you both very much. Thank you for sharing. And thanks for letting God be at work. Did you hear what she said? Yeah, you can give it a hand. She also said that she didn't just want to use the gifts. She didn't want them to do it. She wanted to bring others along. As we look at what does it mean for us as a church to glorify God, it means that we're going to worship together. Practically, okay, how do we do that? Starting next week, this room will be full for the first third of the service. You know why? Because we're not sending the kids upstairs to Children's Church anymore until the offering. We want to worship together as the whole family of God, ages three and above. Sorry if you're zero to two, you're going to stay in the nursery. But from three on, we want to invite them into our worship service. That's one way. We also want to make sure that people know that we are committed to learning the Word. So we're going to provide numerous opportunities to grow in knowledge and depth of insight. One is through, class, through offerings like Multiply and through the story. Another is through something fun we're going to do starting in January where we're going to learn a key verse or passage and a spiritual truth that goes with that for each week in the year. For 52 weeks, we're going to go on this journey together. And we're going to learn and we're going to grow together. But we don't stop there. I get really excited when I talk about our lives offered to God. But as we begin to work that out, as we work out our salvation with fear and trembling, it moves on to loving Christ. Last year, we identified a need to grow in discipleship. A year later, we welcomed Pastor Dan Tufts onto the team. And I'm thrilled to have him share a little bit about what God is doing and how that's coming. So my interview is just going to share. I'm not going to interview Dan. Uh, So I'm going to pass it over to him and let him share. Thanks, Pastor Mike. Um, I can definitely relate to what Justin was sharing in the sense that I'm not naturally very outgoing. I don't like to be the center of attention, to be up front. Um, so it's, it's a work of God. And so God can use any of us if we're just willing to be used by him. Um, as uh, Pastor Mike uh, wanted me to share about loving Christ, when I first think about what does it mean to love Christ, well, the first verse that came to my mind was from 1 John uh, chapter 3, verse 18, where 
Uh, John says, Dear children, let us not, not love with words or speech, but in action and in truth. And, you know, it's one thing to, to sing about our love for Christ. Um, it's also another thing to say that we are Christian. But I think our, our love for Christ will be demonstrated in how we live uh, through our actions. And more specifically, Jesus said to his disciples in John 14, 15, If you love me, you'll keep my commandments, and anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. And so uh, loving Christ is about obedience to him. It's about being intentional by intentionally living a life in obedience to Christ. And as we we think about this further, um, and if I can uh, kind of apply this to discipleship, Jesus, one of the last commandments or commands that Jesus gave to his followers is what's commonly referred to as the Great Commission in Matthew 28. This is where he says, um, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And so part of loving Christ is obeying his commands, which means we will be a part of the disciple-making process. means we will be disciples who make disciples disciples. I think a lot of people think that this commandment was for church leaders and for pastors and and ministers and missionaries, but actually this was given to all of us as Christians. All of us are to be involved in discipling others. And so when I think about um, how we can apply this, I think there's um, a couple ways. First of all, Um, being involved in multiplying disciples. You know, uh, Pastor Mike mentioned earlier that, you know, we want to be a multiplying church. We want to grow by obeying Christ's command by multiplying disciples. And each one of us can partake in that. Uh, It doesn't mean that all of us have to be up front preaching to 100 people, but it means that if we just take one person and come alongside them, we're being a part of following Christ, loving him, and... um, and making disciples. And so one action point would be to join the Multiply Discipleship class and to come alongside someone else and discover the joy of growing in Christ together. And also, I think generally all of us can be more intentional about investing in relationships with others, whether that's non-Christians that we know, uh, whether that's other people here at AIC. Be intentional about reaching out and making investment in other people's lives. And I think that God will use each and every one of us uh, for his glory. And so um, I think that loving Christ, part of it is coming together so that we're not just growing on our own, but we're growing in Christ and bringing others with us and, and growing together. It's exciting when we think about that God's at work. Uh, He brought Pastor Dan onto the team, but he's also brought us. Many of you have gone through the the 2-7 curriculum, and you haven't just learned, but you've begun applying that to your life and the practices and the the principles you've learned there, you've passed on. We want to be a church that worships God, that brings glory to him in all areas of our life, using our gifts, and then bringing others on board with us. It takes intentionality. You're going to hear me keep saying this all year long. It doesn't take a couple of things. It doesn't take just hoping someone else will do it. It doesn't work. 
nor does it take just telling someone else what to do. It also doesn't work. I love the scriptures because God invites us into the game. If you think about a symphony or you think about a sports team, there are those that are out in the crowd and those that are in the action. We want to be in the action. We don't just want to sit there hoping somebody else will do it. Dan told you that I was going to tell you one more story about why the candle is lit. And my dear friend Cecily came into my office on Wednesday. Four years ago, I sat down with Cecil, and I heard him look at me and say, I have no interest in any of this religion, in any of Christianity or anything about Jesus. I said, okay, can we still have coffee together? And he said, sure. And so for four years, we've been talking, and he's shown up at Alpha. And he's shown up, honestly, more faithfully than a lot of you in church. And God has been working in his heart and in his mind. And over the weekend, it was time. And he said, Mike, I accepted Christ. And we rejoiced in that. But you know what was amazing, and I am excited about that, and we'll give... He said, I want to get baptized as soon as possible. I said, okay, great, we can make that happen. He said, and then how can I get involved? How can I serve? And I'm proud of that, not just to puff up Cecil because he's better, but he sees the word of God and he wants to obey. Yeah, there are things that we're not perfect at as a church body. He gets that. He's already seen that in us. But he wants to serve and use his gifts. He's obedient to the word of God. May we all do the same building one another up as we follow where he leads us. Because we need each other. The interesting thing that Paul does in Romans chapter 12 is he tells us that we belong to one another. That means we're responsible for our actions and how they infect and affect, is the word I'm looking for, not infect, affect one another. And he says, don't treat everybody as your enemies. Let the Lord deal with those who have wronged you. But get involved in lives. Ephesians 5 is interesting. Because Ephesians 4 is a call to unity, a call to equipping the saints. What I love about Ephesians 4 is that it reminds us that we are saints. Those of us who have been adopted as sons and daughters of the Most High God are saints. So if you come up to me and say, I'm no saint, I'll say, do you believe the Bible? Because according to the scriptures, if you have believed on Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you indeed are a saint. And we are compelled to live out that way. So we're going to follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love. Not earthly love, love that feels good and is about us, but the way of Christ's love. Just as he loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and as a sacrifice to God. There it is again, that word sacrifice. Christ gave himself up as a sacrifice to God so that we might know true love. And therefore, we are called to live it out. The next verse says, or the next part of the passage says, instead, be filled with the Spirit. The the be filled there is actually a present tense thing. Constantly be being filled with the Spirit. Speaking to one another in a critical voice, angry Or just not at all because you're frustrated with each other. No. With psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Now let me pause. This isn't to start a worship war of what kind of music there is to be in church. This is about a much higher thing. Of about honoring God in our communication with one another. 
Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Oh yeah, there's one other part. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. We will not always see eye to eye on every issue. You know that? It's true. You will not always be in the same position. Someone may hurt your feelings. Someone may do something wrong to you. But as Paul told us in Romans, don't repay evil for evil. And here we're told to submit to one another out of love. I've had the privilege of also watching Tracy Glidden go through a journey this year of a bit of uncertainty. But the thing I've loved is this submission to one another and to God's plan takes significant faith. It says, I'm going to step out and I'm going to follow where God go- leads, even if I'm not exactly sure how he's working and where he's taking me. So I asked Tracy, can I ask you a couple of questions? And I want to make sure I get the words just right. So uh, give me just a second. Tracy, could you tell us a little bit about what's gone on to bring you to this point in your spiritual journey? Sure. Um, with that question, I can think of um, two main events that has um, uh, happened to me and that has brought me to this part of my life journey. The first one um, is my part-time study. Uh, you all know uh, I work full-time and I have two youngish two children, no, eight and ten now, but two years ago, I was considering of um, taking. Um, I was considering of taking on a part-time master's study. Uh, Mark, my husband, was very supportive, and God opened the door. So I started my study, and um, with God's grace, He's given me health, energy, and an understanding family. I survived it, <laughs> and July was my uh, last class of study. So I completed that. The second event is um, the job change. Uh, I've worked 13 years since my, uh, my bachelor's uh, degree. So time flies. I've worked for 13 years in only one company. Um, yeah, it, it's a long time, but it's not that long. <laughs> so God gave me this discernment that it's time for change. So I was considering uh, a job change. And uh, God opened door, and here I am. I so I, I left my uh, my previous job in July, and here's where I am. Excellent. How has God stretched your faith throughout this process? Uh, it wasn't easy, right? As you can imagine. I mean, making that major decision because well, that was pretty much all I knew. So definitely, during that period of thinking. Um, I want to change job, and what do I do next? Uh, God did amazing things. Um, as I was considering, okay, I, I want to change, so I sort of looked, right? But I wasn't even sort of seriously looking because I was only thinking about that. Um, God already had two potential job opportunities in front of me. One, he miraculously opened the door, and I was basically given a job offer after a second round of interview. The other one, somehow it was something I wanted. So I, I was praying for God, like praying quite hard actually. So I wanted him to open that. Um, as it turned out, uh, God 
gave a clear sign it was shut, and I mean, at least for now, right? So I went back to this first door. Um, still, I wasn't sure because it, it is all change is scary, but I, I'm not a person afraid of change, but with such a major change, I, I, I was afraid. I was unsure. So I, I was still contemplating sort of, and a lot of friends, family, and Pastor Mike was there to support too. So in terms of, you know, loving another, I was loved. I was showered by love and courage during that period. Um, a reflection to me was God opened the door. Why did I not have the faith to follow? So after praying, digesting all of that, I decided to take, take that step of faith and to just follow the door he already opened. And how has, uh, through that journey and through that season, how has this all helped uh, you to intentionally love and serve others? Okay. So that was mid-July. Um, and from there to, to now, I'm actually still in a nice long break that God had blessed me with. Um, I'm actually quite enjoying it. <laughs> um, so my new job, I'll start my new job in mid-October. So during this break, uh, apart from um, trying to relax, because I'm someone who needs to be on the go all the time, like to be doing things to make like I fulfill something. So trying to relax, is, it's, it's, it's been good to me. I, I enjoy it. And trying to pick, uh, text, uh, start doing some exercises. But I also try to spend time with family and friends which obviously in the last two years plus I didn't have time for, right? So, and, and that has to be, I, I agree to, to, totally that it has to be intentional. So some of the things I've done, and such as, I mean, little things. It's not like I went out and make change and, and give big change to people's life, right? But just be there. Uh, time, I think, is a practical way to show people around us that we love and care. So... Um, my little sister uh, had a newborn baby, and it's her first time being a first-time mom. So I just spent time with her and just talking to her because she was having a um, difficult time adjusting the motherhood. So that's one example. Second one's like I tried to show up at my mom's place more because she barely saw me in the last two years. And she was helping my sister taking care of my nephew. So just be there. And uh, another one I can think of was an example. There was a visiting fam- church family here earlier in, in the summer, and they, they now live overseas. So I organized a reunion for a few families to get together. And in that, we remember another family. So we intentionally invited that family who we know have had some difficult times and, and actually have not shown up in church for a while. So little things like that, I, I think, can help them remind that we are a family, a church family that is there for them and the friendships there. Um, so going back, I, I, again, I think making time intentionally for others is important. Um, so this, this is what I've been doing because I know Hong Kong is such a busy place and there are endless of, lists of things we want to do. And same for me. Um, I, I try to make it a priority to, um, to slot time out for others uh, so that I can uh, spend time with them with a, a Particularly, I think, face-to-face. Thank you, Tracy. I've been blessed to watch that switch kind of come on. And Tracy, she was set free from school in July, and instantly she began to look for people to spend time with. 
it's not always the easiest thing to do to make time for others. But I, I wanted her to share, and I knew all along I wanted to ask Tracy to share because she's done it. In the midst of, even though she hasn't been working, she stays plenty busy. But for us, do we invest in relationships one to another? Do we challenge one another? The other thing intentionally there was she talked about others inviting her to remember to step out in faith, to follow where God's leading. She didn't have all the answers. God didn't see fit at this stage in Tracy's spiritual journey to tell her this is exactly how it will go. For some of us, we get to that invitation of stepping out in faith and we stop. Because if we don't have the full picture in front of us, we would rather do nothing. That scares me as a church. Because we know we are called to make disciples. We know we are called to glorify God by loving him and loving one another. If we know nothing else, that's enough to keep us moving forward and taking risks for his kingdom's sake. I was proud of Tracy to see her continue to follow where God has led. What about us? How can we get involved in loving one another? Well, the same thing I asked last year. We've increased our participation, but we're not there yet. But I long to see every faithful attender of AIC involved in a community group. There are plenty of choices almost every day of the week. You can find one. Second, I want us to look at ways to develop and identify and follow opportunities that will stretch our faith together. This is involved in service. Maybe you can meet that need of someone around you. Maybe your community group can identify a need in your area that you have the resources and skill set to meet. I expect our community groups to be involved in service this year. You're going to hear more about that in the weeks to come. But serving one another, which I hear stories and stories and stories of you serving each other. Well, let's move that outside our groups and into our communities. Over the Christmas holiday, I have a plan. I want to offer a free English camp for the kids in Wampo. Not for our kids. Your kids, they can speak English. They come to our church. But let's bring all those in the community and love them. And say, here we are. And throw wide open the doors and say, we want to love our community and point them to Christ. The English camp is going to be all about VBS and pointing them toward Christ. And we're going to say that unashamedly. But who knows who God might bring into our midst. And I look forward to that. We're going to love one another as we seek to reach the world. You see, when the love of God infects us, when we offer our bodies as living sacrifices, when we begin to consider others as better than ourselves, and when we truly love for the sake of God and not ourselves, we can't help but give it away because it changes everything. I had an amazing week where I got three phone calls that were just great news. You don't always get that. Often you get phone calls that are bad news. And those aren't as exciting. But another man called me and said, I want to have lunch with you. I want to talk about some things. I said, great, let's do it. And he told me, I've been following long enough. I need to take this step. And I said, okay, let's do it. And he wanted to get involved and he wanted others to know that he is committed to following the Lord in every area of his life. And I was so proud of him for saying that. It wasn't that I told him something amazing. He'd just been reading the word and knew what he wanted to do. When we consider reaching the world, we know, and you hear me say often, in this gospel of the kingdom will be preached and the whole world is a testimony to all nations and then the end will come. That's our mandate. 
I want Christ to return. Because as great as you all are, I would much rather spend this eternity with you upon the return of Christ. When things are made perfect, when I don't ache all over, when I'm not sick, when there's not this, there's no more mourning, there's no more sadness. So while I'm here, I want to do everything in my power to challenge others to go out and share the gospel near and far. That's just what we're supposed to do. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached to the ends of the earth. The whole world is a testimony to all nations. Testimony as a story of what he's doing. He is at work. Amen? That was horrible. That's like, Mike, are you going to be done yet? Is God at work? You've heard, thank you. Second, I love this verse. 1 Thessalonians 2, verses 8 and 9. Because we loved you so much. This is Paul again, writing to the church in Thessalonica. We were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God. So we told you all about God, about his son Jesus Christ and what he's done for you. But we shared our lives as well. Some of you may be really comfortable at telling others about God. Some of you may be really comfortable telling others what to do, what to believe, this, that, and the other. But if it comes to sharing your life, investing in one another, that gets, eh, I don't have time for that. That's too messy. That's too risky. Surely you remember, brothers and sisters, our toil and hardship. We worked day and night in order not to be a burden to anyone while we preached the gospel of God to you. He's talking about what we call in in missionary world, tent making. They would go into cities. They would seek to plant a church. They would have regular jobs. I call them real jobs. While spreading their faith by getting involved in people's lives. So much of sharing the gospel is nonverbal. Yet we spend more time thinking about the right answer. The right answer is Jesus Christ and him crucified and raised again on the third day. Amen? Amen. That's a little better. If that's the right answer, the question is, how do we get involved in people's lives and love as Christ loved us and spent himself for us? So I've invited Keith Kendig uh, to come up. And I've been, again, I've been blessed to see God at work in lives. And I've been blessed to see Keith engage in ministry, not just as an under-shepherd, but in saying, I want to use what God has given me to bring glory to his name. So uh, I wanted to ask Keith a couple of questions as well when we talk about reaching the world. Now, Keith is not only an under-shepherd. He also uh, serves as kind of the chairman of our uh, missions ministry team. And I wanted to be taller than you, so I'm going to stand on this one. <laughs> but Keith... <laughs> Don't... <laughs> um, I wanted to ask you just a couple of questions. How is God challenging you to get involved over these past months? When I think of that absolutely, positively, through his word, as we look at God's word and we especially look at the gospels, it's what did Jesus tell us to do? How did, what did he command us to do? To go, to be disciples, to go in and to be light and to go and share his word. So as I look at the gospel message, and Jesus also says there's a cost involved in being a disciple, and, that's gonna, and that is part of going out. That's part of missions. That's part of reaching out to others. It's not always going to be easy. But we're called to do that. And it doesn't make any difference what your location is, 
what your vocation is or what your limitations are, we are called to go. We are called to be involved. And sometimes that involves a lot of stretching. Uh, and what, I look, think back to one of the very first missions trips I took as an example, and that was a lot of stretching. That was a construction trip in the Dominican Republic. We were to put a roof on a concrete church. So it was one solid week of very heavy labor. But part of that in the evenings after working so hard was coming back to a taking a shower out of a coffee can every night out of cold water, no shower, one toilet that we had to take your water to flush the toilet, eating spam every night for dinner, and I had to sleep on a blow-up swimming pool mattress underneath the dining room table for a whole week. Like so it wasn't an easy trip. But God was at work. We completed the task, and I enjoyed every bit of it. God was always there, and he provided. Amen. With that in mind, how do you see God opening doors for us to reach out and get involved in his work? Uh, here at AIC, and Hong Kong in particular, we have a great location. I mean, what can we, we – there's so many places we can reach right nearby, so many countries, so many opportunities are right really at our doorstep. And some of you have already – been able to do that. Some of you have been serving. Some of you have taken the opportunity and the advantage of doing that. Uh, one is with Lavina, and we continue to minister to her. We continue to serve with her, and we'll continue to do that. And she needs that. She needs that encouragement. Also, Dan and Linda Reeves, they're going to soon be getting established in Cambodia. We're going to look forward to opportunities to go and help and serve them as well. Just this past week, Pastor Harris and myself were also in the Philippines. Uh, that was my first time to be down there. We were visiting with a church couple that we support right here at our church, and that's Pastor Freddie and his wife, Julia. Maybe you remember, some of you might remember Julia. Freddie has never been here, but Julia has. So we were down there, and we saw their place of ministry. We saw their home. We saw where they opened church, and that was a great opportunity to hear their hearts. So we were able to do that. We're looking for opportunities with them, and that will take some prayer and some planning. Also, met, yeah, there they are. That's... Uh, Freddie on the right, of course, and Julia. That's their home, and we support them if you weren't aware of that, and that's just kind of outside their, uh, their home. They cram quite a few people in there, but they also need our prayers and continued support. The other people that we met with, with another couple was Benji and Abigail, Abby, and it was exciting to talk with them. Their hearts are real passionate about work in the Philippines, so I'm excited for opportunities that We'll be able to have to partner with them. So we have several things going on, and I ask you guys to continue to pray. But most important, we need you to be involved in missions. We need more of you to go, I want to be a part of what missions is. I want to be involved in reaching out to others, not just waiting for something to happen. So please approach King, myself, Matthew, Pastor Harris, Mike, any of us who are in missions, and say, hey, I want to be involved. Amen. You have another question? I think I do, yes. <laughs> I was enjoying listening so much that I forgot. How have you personally tried to get involved in living out the gospel message in reaching the uh, world? Personally, I, God has blessed me in a lot of ways with chances to get involved with missions uh, ever since I was probably in my 20s. Uh, and I look forward to each new opportunity. Uh, one of them that I've enjoyed recently is, in a personal fashion is Global Media Outreach. Uh, that's an online missionary program. I spoke about it once a little while ago, but some of you might have gotten involved with it. That gives you an opportunity to reach out to others right from your computer at your home. Over the course of about three years, I've had the opportunity to at least make contact with over 700 people. 
And, and, and that's not any way of going, look at that accomplishment. It's, it's given me an opportunity. I look at it as I have one more chance to share. Uh, and that's important. Another reason, uh, another aspect uh, that God's given me is to use. I like to fix things and repair things. And I've had tremendous opportunity to use that gift. Uh, and I look forward to each one. Uh, one was here at the church. So I look forward to that. And I just hope that God continues to give me those uh, in each one of you. Amen. Thank you, Keith. Thank you for your partnership in the gospel. The thing Keith won't say is uh, he's been involved in service in numerous ways, and lots of you have, uh, through uh, the ministry of a couple men in particular, we have a new office for half the cost because they wouldn't let us pay for labor. And that's a huge blessing. But the other thing is, is many in our church that I, I don't have time to comment on, some of you all right, do you have time to meet together or get together? And you'll, be, you'll tell me you're too busy or this, that, or the other. With someone like a Keith or some others of you, it doesn't matter what's going on. They will find a way to make time and to sit down and pray together. He, as many others are, is a man of prayer. The other thing that is so critical to reaching the world with the gospel of Christ, whether it's your next door neighbor or the other side of the world, is that we are a people of prayer that we are mobilized to pray one for another, as we saw in Romans 12, and that we pray for our leaders, we pray for our world, and we pray for those whom we might not even know their name or face. But we say, God, help us. If we are not a praying people, we can be so focused, but we can be spinning our wheels and missing the Holy Spirit at work. We have gone through the vision of AIC. We've looked at how God has been working in people's lives throughout using the gifts and abilities God has given them. And each of you should be sitting on a little piece of paper. It looks something like this. You'll notice it has a reminiscent of last week's bulletin. And that's important because as we seek to build up the kingdom, kind of his wall for the sake of his kingdom... It takes action. It takes intentionality. And that means that you can't just sit here and say, oh, that stuff sounds good. I hope others get involved. I got the permission from the under-shepherds this week to do something new. You're going to like this a lot. I got the permission from the under-shepherds this week to begin challenging us very specifically of what I and the under-shepherds expect from us as a church family. One said, you know, you've been here a year. Let's, let's begin to get more excited and challenge us to step further and further outside. Let's, and they all said it, all to a fault. Every under-shepherd in the room said, we need to stop being comfortable. Well, I want to invite us to be a church that is wrapped in the arms of Christ, loved by our Holy Father, safe in his arms, but then empowered by him to go take monumental risks for the sake of his kingdom work. When we think about glorifying God, we think about a frozen computer. So we don't need that. When we think about glorifying God, we start with our spiritual act of worship. How this year, I want you to answer the question on your piece of paper, and I want you to leave those with us, the under-shepherds. I want you to answer, how will I use my gifts and my abilities to honor God this year? In one week, I saw different ones of you say, I'm an accountant. I can use that to help you, the church with their books. I saw another say, I've got the time. How can I help? I heard others say, I want to get involved. Let me help. 
Well, how can you identify? Because here's the thing. God has gifted you. If you are not using your gifts inside and outside the church, you are disobeying him. And it frustrates me to no end to hear people criticize the church. But if you ask them if they're involved, they're not. We are called by God to use our gifts one for another for the equipping of the saints. Mike and the under-shepherds cannot do it all. We need you. God doesn't need us. He loves us and he invites us to be a part of his plan. So how will you get off your butt and get involved? Question number one. You don't do it because Mike told you. You do it because we're going to obey the Lord. And we're going to do it out of worship to him and following him. Because he deserves our service. He deserves our willingness to use our abilities and gifts for his glory inside and outside of the church. It's about him. Second, when it comes to loving Christ, one name. One person you know that needs discipled. That you will commit to discipling this year. I know that's a risk. You might not even feel qualified. Praise the Lord, we'll help you. One person you know that could just use somebody to walk alongside them and help them grow to be more like Christ. Who is it? And I will pray for those people by name as I pray for you. Third, when it comes to loving one another, what is one way you can step out in faith in your community group? If you're not in a community group, well, there's how you step out in faith. Get involved in one. If you are in a community group, what is one way you can step out in service of others? I know that's kind of an ambiguous question, but it's huge. There are needs all over the place. There are ministry opportunities all over their place. There are needs in your groups that maybe you don't have a ton of time, but you could help meet. Now is the time. Get involved, challenge one another, spur one another on to step out. There's a famous book called, If You Want to Walk on Water, you got to get out of the boat. We're going to ask God to keep doing amazing things and challenging us as we seek to follow him by getting involved in others' lives. Finally, reaching the world. Just as I ask you, name that one person that you can disciple. I want you to do two things with reaching the world. First, I want you to name one person you know that just needs life. They need someone to love them enough to point them to Jesus Christ. They don't need someone to tell them all the right answers. They need someone to love them enough to show them the person of Jesus Christ. And I suspect we all know at least one person like that. Second, how will you get involved in reaching further out? You heard us talk about the Philippines, Cambodia, China. Write down a place you want to get involved in ministry in. Maybe it's what feels like China to me, Hong Kong Island. Maybe it's the new territories. Maybe it's just across the border in Kaiping and Zhongshan. But maybe the time is now to say, I want to get involved. I want to go into all the world preaching the gospel. We have an opportunity to be a church that steps out of faith every day we live. And we do it because we want to be intentional in glorifying him. We want to honor God with every area of our lives. My bluntness wasn't meant to be mean or angry. It's meant to say, 
I believe in the word of God. I am not perfect, but I will do everything in our power to keep pushing us to follow the life-changing ways that God points us to as we surrender our lives to him and say, it's not about me, it's all about you. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that you've pointed us to be intentional, that you've told us to share our lives with one another, to share you with our world, to use the gifts you have given us, to use the minds you have given us, to use our abilities that you have given us. Lord, would you be glorified in all of these areas? as we seek to praise you in everything we do and say. I love you, Lord. Make us intentional about expanding your kingdom. In your name, amen. You have these sheets of paper. At the end of the service, I want to invite you to do one of two things. Either leave them on your seat, and we'll come along and pick them up. Or if the seat's already gone, put them in the offering boxes on your way out.